Hey everybody, welcome to Behind the Bar. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, where of course we interview your favorite dry bar comedian comedians. Joining me today, uh the wonderfully talented Kathy Ladman, who's special. What is it? Uh I have no one to blame but myself. Yes. It's out now. <laughs> the clips are um hilarious. I watched the whole special uh yesterday. Uh really well done. Thank uh, you. But of, of course, curb your enthusiasm. What what haven't you been on? Tonight show nine times, ten times actually. But okay. um, um, what ha- I have been there's a lot I haven't been on. There's plenty I haven't been on. Yeah, Mad Men, right? I I was on Mad Men. Uh, I, got- I I never got to do Letterman, which I really always I always wanted to do that show, and I never got to do it. Oh, uh, yeah, I know a few guys that got on towards the end. Uh, Keith mm-hmm. Alberstadt and uh, uh, one other that got on towards the end of this last season or whatever. I just worked with my friend Jake Johansson the other night, and I think he did 45 Letterman's, something yeah. like that. It's a bit of a hog of time. Unbelievable. Um, he's worked, so, so talented. I worked with Jake a couple times in uh, Atlanta years ago, and I just, I never, I don't think I watched him enough to really appreciate before working with him and getting mm-hmm. to watch him do five one-hour sets. Just an amazing comic. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's just great. And such a good guy too. So speaking of working with uh, good people, I mentioned to you when I reached out to you about this podcast that we work together, probably I was just getting started. So two decades ago in Jacksonville at the comedy zone, I was starting, I was, I was a house MC. So I think at the time. Was this in a hotel? Yeah. Inside the Ramada Inn. Yes. I think it was more than uh I think it was more than 20. Well, how long have you been doing? I think I started being an MC there in 2000. Cause I remember I'd have to look up. I remember this uh, because I was booked to, I taped a TV show okay. the same weekend that we were working together and it happened to shoot in Jacksonville. Oh, wow. It was just, I know it was the freakiest thing. I remember. So I have, um, Back then, and I still do sometimes now, I'm in my office, I have headshots of those I've worked with and I ask them to sign it or whatever, but I was just starting mm-hmm. out as an MC. I was, you know, maybe had 15 minutes of material. So I remember doing my set and I was super excited to work with you. I'd seen you before and I was like, this is me great. And you, I didn't, little did I know you came in after my set. So I come back out and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, what did you think? And you're like, oh, I didn't catch it. You, you did later on in the week but that night right so at the end of the week when i had you sign my headshot which is now hanging next to bob saget and bob nelson oh um oh. i know bob i worked yeah we can go on and I on know. about bob i know I, I love bob yeah you wrote uh always watch the opener kathy ladman <laughs> <laughs> well i do always watch the whole show and i don't know why i got down late that night but yeah. no it was fine i was just i was so it was so weird of me anyway to be the first night before meeting you. Hi, I'm Danny. What'd you think of it? <laughs> well, it's, it's a good idea to watch the whole show though, because you, you want to know what the entire audience experience is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I have to do that now, but well, I get to be a little bit more selective now with who opens, you know, for me, I do a lot of mm-hmm. private shows that work clean. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure the topics are not, it's just not, you know, 90 minutes of the same stuff. If my open. Yeah. You don't want to overlap. Certainly. I mean, there is, you know, there, 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 there are topics that a lot of people cover and you don't certainly don't want it to have the same take on it. 
Right. Right. So. I, at the risk of uh, quoting Cosby. But I think he, at one point, I think in an interview, he said there's like there's seven jokes, right? It's like marriage, sex, politics, religion. You know, there's seven categories that we could hit, mm -hmm. you know. So but uh, also I forgot to mention at the top of your hour, you have a very successful one woman show. Does the show make me look fat? Yes. Right. Yeah. And um, you just won you just won an award for it or the show. Yeah, just it, won... it was at uh, the United Solo Festival in New York. Yeah. At the end of September, beginning of October. And our show won Best Comedy. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was really exciting. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I first of all, I, I miss the New York, uh, the, the New York accent. You're from there, from New York, right? Oh, yeah. I was I was raised in Queens. Yeah. I was born in Queens, raised in Long Island. Where? Uh, in uh, Suffolk County in uh, East Islip. Oh, wow. You know, my dad owned a bowling alley in Massapequa Park. That's where my family grew up. So my grandmother, uh, Massapequa, uh, North Massapequa, uh, Farmingdale uh, High School, right around the corner from their house. And and uh, she, they're all pretty much still up there. Patchogue and uh, some of them. Well, they would know my dad's bowling alley. I'm sure it was, it's not there anymore, but it was uh, called 300 Bowl. Oh, wow. Didn't, right Seinfeld, didn't Seinfeld's dad have a sign shop in Massapequa? Yes, Cal. Cal and my dad knew each other. Cal, Cal Seinfeld had a sign, a sign business called Seinfeld's Signs. Yeah. And uh, Jerry grew up in Massapequa, but my dad's bowling alley was in Massapequa Park. Yeah. So it's right next door to each other. I have the same friends since I was 12 or 13, and we're trying to coordinate a get together. But every time I get on a group call with them, I come back with the New York and my girlfriend's like, you're, did you talk to somebody from New York? Recently? <laughs> I'm like, what's it to you? Huh? <laughs> How long have you been living in Florida? So, uh, since 98, I did oh, a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So probably, I guess half, half and half. Right. So I did, um, SUNY Farmingdale after I graduated from East Isa high school mm -hmm. for a couple of years on a, I don't want to brag on a, on a partial bowling scholarship. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my God! You should definitely know my dad's bowling alley. I oh know. my God! I and I I uh, I tease my girlfriend all the time to refer to me as a uh, a collegiate athlete, Danny Johnson. Because <laughs> I did letter, I did get a letter for bowling, but I was cutting class. I was cutting class at Farmingdale bowling in their bowling alley underneath one of the halls, and the bowling team was practicing three lanes over, and the coach came over. Is like, you know, do you go here? I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to be in a class right now. And he's like, uh, I have some scholarship money. Do you want to be on the team? You're I was like, sure. It wasn't a lot, right? It was a little, but I was like, sure. But what did you need? I mean, going, I mean, I went to a SUNY school also. I mean, you know, they were like, it was like, like nothing to go there. Yeah. Yeah. But then I decided to, once I finished Farmingdale, it was a two-year school at the time. I decided to go into massive amounts of debt and transferred to uh, University of South Florida in Tampa. Ah, uh, Okay. And by the time I was done, my family had moved from Long Island to Jacksonville for he worked my oh. dad worked for Grumman, Northrop Grumman. Oh. So I actually did go back to Long Island for a little bit, but super expensive. And six months later I was in Florida. And then I started comedy. I always wrote like over the years. And I did mm -hmm. my first ever set when I was 18 was a comedy duo at Conkama Comedy Club on Portion Road. And um you know, and I didn't do comedy. I take me. it that was in Ron Konkuma? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. And then since then, I've done what I think is now a governor's, but was McGuire's um, 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I didn't I just did like growing up, I just did like uh my my church's uh talent shows and I wrote and I love stand-up, but I didn't start until right. I moved down here, right down the road from the comedy zone where we were. Right. So um what's your high bowling score? 279. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Oh, am I still allowed to say shit? Because sure. I know we're talking about dry bar and that's very clean. I know. That's no, it's fine. Very clean. How did you start doing this thing? This stud uh, behind the bar. I uh, it started out as selfish reasons because most of my friends uh, or peers, we started to headline the same rooms, and I never get to see them. I see a picture. Ah, okay. You know, like right. I see a picture of sure. them. So I'm like, and I, and I, you know, why don't I get them on the? I know a lot of dry bar folks, so why not start right. this? Um. I loved there's nothing more than I love, you know, than talking to comics and about comedy. So, um, yeah, I'd love to do, you know, and meet new people. So it's, it started out a little easier to book folks, you know, because I kind of know a dozen or so. Sure. Drive our folks. And then after a while, it's, you know, right. Double and triple book for those that cancel or whatnot. Right. But well, on to your special. So, yes. Okay. When I watch a special, which I try not to do other than this dry bar because of my guests, but. I watch just a select few specials because I don't want to pick up cadences, ideas, jokes. You know, mm-hmm. I have that fear three years down the road. I'm going to mm-hmm. think something's my idea. And I always start to write down jokes I wish I had or I wish I thought of. And I just mm-hmm. stopped making a list watching your your special because it was there were so many great jokes. Thanks. <laughs> um, starting with the the corduroy and the bedspread. Um, the pill caddy. Here's what I want to ask you about the pill caddy bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously beautifully written and delivered, but um, I'm very curious of people's writing style. So did you, I'm sure that happened, right? You said to your friend, that's a nice pill caddy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I said, boy, that's a nice pill caddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then do yeah. you go, you know, do you set aside time every day to write? Do you? No, I don't. No, I don't. And I, and uh, I'm, I, I wish I did, but my life is, it's it's so I'm doing so many things yeah um that I I can't do I can't do something every single day right um I have to say okay month like I, I you know the solo show I'm I'm performing it again in February so I I make sure to read the script every week yeah and I I read like twenty pages uh, it's it's a it's about a sixty in when it's in Word it's about sixty one pages so wow. I split it into three. And I read about 20 pages uh, uh, three days a week. So okay. I get through the script once each week. So then I want then I want to work on stand-up. Then I have to do some editing. Right. Then I have to do an audition that comes through. Then, you know, it's like it's always something. And yeah. then there's other stuff in my life, you know, like I want to exercise, um, um, and et cetera. You know, yeah. it's just it's, do you write every day? No, don't uh, show me I've, up, Danny. I've uh, no, I don't. I've I've been trying to get better. I tried stream of conscious writing where you, where I you wake up and immediately just write. Yes, and I've gotten a few good bits about that. I would never let somebody read it because it really is a psychopath's. Oh yeah, diary. I mean no, nobody nobody writes that to be read. I just shredded a notebook of of morning stream of conscious. Wow. Well, I got, you know, it just, it's weird what comes out it of my It is head. weird. It is weird what, what, how your mind, how the mind yeah. works. 
I my girlfriend has stopped asking me what am I thinking like if we're out and I'm just kind of dazed you know looking off or whatever and I'm mm-hmm. you know I it because it's nothing important and it's I'm just trying to find funny somewhere you know right but the pill caddy joke doesn't so that sometimes you think of the punchline and then you write backwards this one feels like you kind of oh this is a nice pill caddy and then that just sparks the idea to move forward with the writing is that right and 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 actually and my friend gave me the the final line about the hiring a caddy because then i mean i was just going like you know the hierarchy of pill caddies i was just kind of going through it and and she gave me that idea and i thought oh that's great right then you got to hire a caddy to yes to hand you pills all day right. uh, and then i added until you pass out and die because Death is is a theme with me, it seems. Yeah. I think as we get older, you think Maybe about so it. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah. I think some people but even get when more... I was even when I was younger, I, I think yeah. I, I was a little preoccupied with it. Yeah. Is that a is that a New York thing, do you think? I don't know. I think... My mother, first of all, my mom I uh, come from an uh, uh, an Irish Swedish family. Mm-hmm. Um, and but my mother thinks she's Italian and Jewish. She just talks like it acts like it everything's about uh-huh. everything is the worst case scenario you know there's a right. ton of my new the new hour yes, it's I'm- not very scandinavian um right. although although scandinavians i mean i was married to a, a swedish man for uh 25 years and um not the sunniest disposition right yeah my great grand so the one of the lines in my act is my great grandfather migrated from sweden his name is gustav johansson and he got to Ellis Island. He's like, I am Gustav Johansson. They're like, all right, Gus Johnson, have a seat right over there. <laughs> so Johansson became Johnson. But my everything with my mother is worst case scenario. You know, if you if you if I right. you can't hear me on the phone, she's like, is that, you know, yelling and are you stuck somewhere? Is it you just relax? <laughs> right. Right. Um, the pill caddy. I love this is one of my faves, uh, even because you adopted. You have a 19 yes. year, year old. We didn't adopt. A she's 19-year-old. 20. Yeah, she's 20 now. Right. right. Uh, even though I adopted, I got the epidural. It's such a great line. Well, I, you know, I don't like being left out. Right. <laughs> I want to get my due. I see that in a, in a sitcom or a sketch, that situation where you go in for the epidural. That's a funny, uh, a funny thought. Um, I thought it was funny too. the, um, and you seem surprised in your special when you mentioned divorce and no one clapped, right? Because typically that's, you know, the, I guess it depends on the way the comic says it. But when you go, I'm going through a divorce and no, I guess that Mormon crowd. Yeah. Um. Well, it's it's not it's not the loosest crowd, I right. have to say, not right. the loosest crowd. Right. Um. But every audience reacts differently to uh, when I say when I say. I'm divorced uh, or I'm going through a divorce. Sometimes they say, oh, and sometimes they like, you know, yeah. I think it really, I think it really depends on what they're projecting. Right. Onto. It's their right. own personal experience. Yeah. I loved how in your special, you, um, you, I don't know at what point, I think the special is almost 30 minutes or so, uh, but it was, it was at least halfway or more the Hitler stuff. Is a really fun angle. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I haven't been doing it lately since you the haven't. War. Yeah, it's been well. There's been so much. 
there's been so much anti-Semitism, more, yeah. even more lately, that um, I've stayed away from it. But I'm going to have to pull it out again um, because I don't want I don't want to. I I love that bit. I really yeah. love that bit. Um, and um, and it's funny. It's diff- It's a different take on it. Yeah. What did you? He's no Hitler. <laughs> What's yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. Oh, I mean, no matter what, that always gets a laugh. I'll tell you what doesn't get a laugh all the time is when I say, uh, you know, what I talk about um, my husband and uh, me arguing. And I say, you know, I I always may always start the same way. I'll say things like, oh, we're not communicating enough. And he'll say things like the Holocaust never happened. You know how couples pick that, you know, is very it's a very risky mm-hmm. line and it really depends on, it really depends on the audience's willingness and their experience. And, yeah. and it's very unpredictable. Yeah. Because I think you got a mixture of laughter and a little bit of, Oh, you know, yes, but he's no Hitler. Um, you know, uh, always gets a laugh. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so absurd. Right. Yeah. And who else and who else can mention Magna Carta in their special? Who who references that? I know. I've never heard that before. Well, but you know, it was it's just one of those things that you learn about in school that mm-hmm. you never get a chance to um use in your life. And I, I'm now I'm now I'm using it. Now, you know, remember we used to say, Do you do we need to know this? Right. Well, you know, we need yeah. to know this. Yeah, the audience needs to know it to, to get yeah. it. I um they know it though. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. When you you've done obviously specials before, you've done stand-up for many, many years. How did you go about deciding what to put in this special? Just sort of what's in your current set or um well, you know, I just wanted to go with it was about I think it was about 25 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to go with what was strongest and my favorite things to perform. Yeah. Because if it's your favorite, yeah. you you that, that shows in your performance too. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and and I wasn't gonna do anything that I mean, maybe there was some there were some things that were newer than other things, but I wasn't doing any it was not like doing a late night set where everything was brand new. Yeah. Yeah. How nerve wracking is that to do a late? You've done a lot of late night sets. How, um, you know, I really, I have to say that I really like doing it. It's five minutes, right? Or six or it's five. It's, it's like four and a half to five minutes. Okay. No, like they used to do, they used to have to do seven minutes, uh, like Mm -hmm. way back. This is before I was doing it. And that's a lot of material for sure. You know, David Brenner did 150 tonight shows and they were, and they were long. I mean, they were like seven minute sets. So that's a lot of material. Um, I've only done 10 on the Tonight Show. Right. So that's that's about, you know, it's under an hour's, it's it's under an hour. I mean, considering that I yeah. would go to the couch and then burn through some more material there, I probably did about an hour's worth of material on the Tonight Show. Yeah. And then uh, from what I understand from some others that have done it there, there's a per- sometimes an arduous process of going through the, them editing it. You have to present your, your set to yeah, the Yeah. I think, right? I mean, every, every um, production does it differently. Um, the last one I did, which is, um, Jimmy Fallon's tonight show, right. they had, they wanted me to type out a transcript. 
Right. And they had seen a tape. Uh, the producer liked my tape and, and he said he, he wanted me to do it. I mean, I hadn't done, I hadn't done a tonight show since the nineties. Right. Right. Um, and I was doing them with fairly rapid succession back, back when I was doing it. And, um, but this one, they wanted me to write out the transcript so they can run it by standards and practices, make sure that there are no brand names that right. I can't mention and stuff like that. But back when I was initially doing the tonight show, First, I auditioned in it, you know, in a club until I finally was passed and, and asked to do the show. And then I just would go over my set on the phone with wow. um, Jim McCauley, who was the booker at the time. And it was so great to not have to run it in a club because always, yeah. almost, you know, pretty much always when you run it in a club, it bombs. And you get and even if it doesn't, I think you would get in your own head like, oh, that didn't hit like I think it. It should have hit. Yeah, it's it's just it's just that the 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 live environment and the TV environment, the, you know, the club environment and the TV environment are so different. Right. And you know, when you do it in when you run your TV set in a club, you are not dealing with the present moment in the club. You're just mm -hmm. going through it for time and and cadence and yeah. um segues and stuff like that so you're really not present yeah so it's and then when i when i ran it in new york the night before i did it in you know this past january um it went great in the clubs and i was like almost concerned because it's supposed to bomb yeah and i you know i started getting a little superstitious and i went eh, forget it that's yeah. that's crazy it'll be fine and what uh what clubs do you like to do in new york when you go um, I generally do the comedy cellar. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I've club. been I've been there once. Never performed there, but been there once. Um, I want to ask you, and and you're gonna have to forgive me if this isn't your joke, because I remember a joke of yours that I do in my house in the kitchen, probably monthly to nobody okay. or, and I hope this is yours. It's, All right, it's okay if it's not. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um. I want to say, and I, I it wasn't when I worked with you. It was uh, you on TV. Um, it was something about it was either father or father-in-law is a very impatient person. He's so impatient. He stands in front of the microwave. Yes. Yes. It's been 10 seconds. I don't have all minute. Yes. Um, that That's my dad. That was okay. my dad. And so I, I just say the come on part. I didn't, that's all yes, I come on. Um, I, I use that in my solo show because I talk about my parents a lot. And so I pulled some things from my act into my solo show that, you know, just worked well. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a very different tone, the show, yeah. you know, than a stand up set. Sure. How, yeah. How talk, maybe talk to us a little bit about the difference between writing stand up and then writing a one person show so like i i'm a fan of mike birbiglia and i've his stand-up mm -hmm. specials his latest one i just watched he's one of the few that i watch um is that on netflix now it's wonderfully done but it, i it's, saw it's, it i saw it and you know what he does a joke of mine in it really yes and i tried to get in touch with him and tried to get in touch with his director and they were not very um available to me right you know the joke about the wisemans yeah the three, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. When he, yeah, he talks time. about he ropes in Catholicism and yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does, he does something about the Wisemans. Wow. And I went to see it with my family, and when we saw it, all of, like we all leaned forward to look at each other, like, oh my god. Wow. And you know, 
yeah, so that was, you know, that was unfortunate. Yeah, maybe it's something he he thought, you know, I don't he doesn't strike me. I don't know. I don't know him. Oh, I'm sure he didn't steal it, but he should know. And he he should understand that that happens. And yeah. I would I mean, I would want to know that if I was doing something of sure. somebody else's. So Absolutely. anyway, so um so you were asking me about the yeah, What's, difference between writing a stand-up set and then you go to, to well, write I mean, out. The, I mean, my show is is my show is about my eating disorder. It's about recovering from anorexia. Okay. So it's not anything that I think lends itself well to a club, a comedy club. It's definitely a theater, a theater piece. Right. There's uh, a lot of it that's pretty intense. But there's also a lot of it that's really funny, right? Um, but the the intense stuff and and the and the rhythm of it does not belong in a comedy club, right? And a lot of the subject matter is is very hard to tackle in a comedy club. Yeah. And you get you have the liberty a little bit more to tell us to tell stories, longer yes. stories than have a point, you know. Yes, and you don't have to worry about getting so many laughs per minute, and you know, I mean, because that's not the point of it. Yeah. And so when you go to start writing this, you just start, I mean, no structure, just start writing. What do I want to make? You know, what points do I want to make? What what story do I want to tell? And, you know, for a one person show, is that how you kind of go about it? Well, I mean, I ended up writing it with someone because I I I really needed somebody else's input on this. It was hard. Right. It was I found it really hard to structure. And Laura Coyle, who was my co-writer and director, she was really good at this. Okay. And that was the piece, I was that was a piece that was missing for me. Right. That, so you just have a bunch just, of stories and you're like, how do I Yes. Put this how together? do I weave these together? Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we 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 moved things in modules as we were creating it. And um I think what we came out with is is good. It it paces well and it's 80 minutes, which is a good yeah, a good amount of time for a solo show. For sure. That's a sweet spot. That's nice. Yeah. Do you find still doing it, um, you know, every time you do it, do you find much like stand up, you might find a new nugget of funny that you said mm -hmm. or an add to it? That's that's. Yeah, it's it, I mean, every audience is is very different. Yeah, very different. And I've only done it at this point. I think I've only done it seven times. Oh, wow. What's blinking here. Is that my light that's blinking or is it my brain? I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, so um yeah, I mean, I haven't done it a lot and I'm going to be doing it again uh, in February uh, okay. in Sherman Oaks. And then I'm going to do a six week run at the same theater, just one night a week. And then I can get reviewed because you need to do it at least six weeks to get reviewed. So that will help me propel it to the next level. What did you say that was? Sherman Oaks? Sherman Oaks in at, at the White Fire Theater in Sherman Oaks, California. OK. And you initially did the first set of shows in New York, right? Well, the first shows I did were here in L.A. I okay. did three shows in L.A. Then I did one show in uh, Sherman Oaks. Then I did three shows in New York. And now I'm going back to do um, more shows at this theater in Sherman Oaks. I imagine it's more. I imagine it would be more nerve wracking to do this show than stand up because you're you're really getting personal. It's it's. Well, you know, it's nerve wracking in a very different it's 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 nerve wracking in a different way. What do you mean? Well, you know, because you don't I don't talk directly to the audience. I can't I don't go out to the audience the way right. I 
can in stand up. So I'm really, I'm really relying on my script. Yeah. And there, there's definitely a fourth wall that's up. Um, although I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty intimate with the audience, but I'm not talking to anybody, you know, directly. Right. Um, right. but it's, um, you know, the, the pressure of the constant laughter is, is not there. Lifted. Right. Yeah. That's not there, but you know, what's, what's hard and gets, is getting easier is understanding that I don't want there to be laughter all the time. Right. And I have to know that when there is no laughter, that I'm still affecting the audience and it's not as easy to tell um, I mean, laughter, it's very easy to tell when sure. when something, when people find something funny because they'll laugh. Yeah. But you can't necessarily tell if people are being are, are touched, if they're uh, aghast, yeah. if, you know, if they're shocked. I mean, sometimes you can I can hear audible gasps. Then, yeah. I, then I know what's happening. But for the most part, I have to dr- just trust that the story's getting to them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But it. I would think, and I'm trying to th- I put myself in your shoes doing a, a personal one man show like that, you know, being so you being so vulnerable. I mean, you and especially when you're in that point in at that point or points in that show where, you know, in the next three minutes, I'm really going to share some of my deepest, hmm. dar- you know, maybe darkest. Maybe- oh my God, I share I share really like like secretive, disgusting stuff. I yeah. mean, like really like gross stuff with them. And, and I feel like it's really important because it is such a secretive disease that I feel that I, that I want to cut the legs out from under it. You know, I want, I want it to be exposed because it's, it's so devastating and, and it's so deadly. Yeah. Do you find it therapeutic? Um, yeah, but I all, I find it mostly, um, I it, I feel good that I might be helping somebody out yeah, there yeah. or helping somebody who maybe not that person, but somebody else who knows that person, yeah. you know, that, that I, I feel like it's still something that's very hard to talk about in, um, in a public way and to be able to do it and mix it with comedy. It, it makes it like Barry Crimmins used to tell me what you do is like, comedy your your comedy is is your is your is your delivery system right. sort of it's the vehicle and and then then you can then you can get the message to them right right and, you know, people people want to laugh and then when they're laughing and they're relaxed then they can they can listen to something a little bit more intense yeah and i think you know and and the an eating disorder is not just i mean it has so many different social issues that it's touching whether it's um body dysmorphia yes. or the way people are portrayed in media or how they mm-hmm. social media yeah um so you have the uh you know a, a great opportunity to continue to yes touch, yeah touch and people. also i mean the i think the overarching theme of the show is really perfectionism wow that's what it is and and so it really does reach people even even if you're not even if you don't have an eating disorder everybody's got a weird relationship with food to some degree um some more than others but um but the idea of being a perfectionist and and uh, being learning how to accept yourself with all of your flaws right. is very universal i think yeah and the eating disorder goes both ways it goes 
to those who want to look super thin and skinny and mm -hmm. it goes to the people that yes. overeat too. Yes. Yes. So I think uh, my, a good chunk of my show some at times is about weight and food and mm -hmm. my up and down, you know, yo-yo or roller yeah. coaster of struggles it's, with it. It's pretty, it's pretty universal. Yeah. Especially, you know, not especially, but um, in show business too, I think specifically I've had some, some folks that have told me what casting directors have said, even as silly as uh, someone auditioning and they go, well, we already have the big fat white guy. You know what I mean? Or we don't, we already have the Asian for this cat. Like never mind their oh, skill level. It's just, it, you know, so, it, I mean, that ties into, it's a little distant from eating disorder, but you know what I mean? Um, body disorder. No, that we're, we're all, we're, 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 I mean, we're, we're, we're products, yeah. you know, and, and we have to fit a certain uh, slot in, in their, in, in their casting yeah. and they lose sight of the fact that we're people. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did a, uh, I don't know why I thought of this. I did a local commercial once where it, it was just the main, uh, um, the commercial was about a kid in the lawnmower or whatever, but I was only going to be shown from the neck down. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I remember being relieved when they're like, we don't want to see your head. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> no pressure. I can just stand there like an idiot. And, and then, well, then I, was... I mean, if you get paid the same and then you don't get oversat, you know, oversaturated, uh, you know, your face, you, you, you save your face for some, some other commercial. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the local commercial market is very interesting. Have you done mm -hmm. a pest control commercial in the last 12 months? No, I haven't. All right. <laughs> Silly. Well, look, I don't want to keep you much longer. It's been, um, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's great and, talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I wish it's, it's been great. It's also I want to say it's been really great reaching a new audience with the dry bar special. Yes. Do you go into the comments or no? Yeah. On social media, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, um, my friend told me that they were they were really nice. I I used to have this line that I I I uh, I said that when Anne Frank said that. Uh, Deep down, I think that most people, uh, how did it say? Deep down, I think that most people are good at heart. Uh, I think that when Anne Frank said that, she had her YouTube comments turned off. Right. <laughs> because people can be really cruel. Oh, I know. I've I've really dealt cruel. with a few. I, I've dealt with a few. Of course, there's hundreds and hundreds of great comments. And then there's the one. I had one about my weight, actually, which I kind of went back and forth with somebody in my act. I talk about how I used to weigh 290 pounds. Oh, wow. And now I just go up and down. I've lost, you know, up and down with the weight, but much thinner. And somebody put as a comment used to. And I was like, yeah, all right. So luckily the fans jumped in, but then, you know, I try to just stay positive and kind of laugh and, you know, hopefully you enjoy the mm -hmm. next comic or, but who has, these people have the time to do that. And then I know it's just, and also, you know, doing it online is just, it's so cowardly. Yeah. It's so cowardly. They're, you know, they're anonymous and mm -hmm. I mean, by all, for all intents and purposes, they're anonymous and it's just, it's just so cruel. Yeah. I wish we could talk about I, you were touched when I mentioned Saget. I wish we had time to talk about I could talk about my many times working with him. He was wonderful. I, I loved him. 
He sent me an email. He was doing a Florida tour. Um, it was just a couple six, seven months before he passed. But yeah. I just I worked I'd work with him at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, and then at the Comedy Zone twice before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how I don't know if this is a thing for you or not. Maybe when you were um, starting out, I always remember when I make uh, uh, the headliner or another comic that I admire laugh. Oh God, it's huge. Yeah. I remember making Albert Brooks laugh. It was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, Holy God. shit. That was yeah. exciting. Yeah. I made Saget laugh um in his dressing room. His was obviously much larger than mine. And his mm-hmm. had a shower and he's just talking and he had a little bit of pause in conversation. I go, You mind if I shower real quick? And he just he lost it. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I'm I'm already in a suit. He's in his, you know, we're already ready for the show. I'm like, you mind if I hop in a shower a little bit? And just that laugh, I just remember it was, uh, you know, wonderful. It's, it's it's pretty validating, yeah. Yeah. All right, sorry. I, I could talk to you forever. Um, it was so, great to talk, Danny. Yeah, it was great to talk to you and, and see really you again. Nice. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to blow up your headshot even larger now that we've talked. And oh, okay. Make it a whole All right. wall. All right. Fantastic, I think. So thanks. So I'm, I'll, um, I'll, uh, uh, this will be published this week. So hopefully if you go out and check your one woman show. Everybody should watch the dry bar special, share it, like it, comment. Yes, please. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Kathy. Great to talk to you.